Hello and welcome back to the Marvelous Cinema Podcast. I am uh, I am your co-host Matthew. <laughs> I'm your co-host Henry. And uh, we are a home for positive fan culture. I nearly forgot that. Mm, you yeah. all forgot it three weeks <laughs> in, but no. Now I've remembered this episode this week. It's a bit mm. of a unique one. Yeah, kind of like a a long review. <laughs> It is, and it's not even of a film or a TV show. Yeah. We're stepping out of our... Uh, yeah. Comfort zone. <laughs> I know. So we're yeah. doing a bit of a review of The Last of Us Part 2. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> it is. It's going to be un- unusual, because I think we might have slightly differing views. Okay, yeah. And um, so we're going we're gonna to split this up a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're going to start off by, as I said before we started recording, I'm going to split up a little bit and do a gameplay. Right. Talk about that for a little bit. Then we'll move on to the, to the, the big one. Yeah. The big <laughs> meaty, the meaty, the, the story, yeah. the characters and the themes. Yeah. The story. And then we'll round off by giving a bit of a general consensus as well as uh, I've got a few few reviews. Yeah. Bad for this. Uh, from other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, shall yeah. we? Shall we kick off? Yeah. Gameplay. What right. do you think of the gameplay? Well, the gameplay is like a. It's one of those things where I feel like every every element of it is built towards making a very specific mood and like sort of atmosphere, where it's not just the usual game stuff of you get you upgrade when you kill more people and you you get more skills or something like that. It does have that, but it feels more like because there's so much walking around and looking for parts and spare parts and different little things, it feels like it's all done and the server starts making you feel like you are like the last person in the world just mm. walking around and just trying to find food. <laughs> um, and it's it's all interesting to me because um, the first one, I remember that a lot. And I remember in the second game, it felt a lot more refined but i couldn't even tell you why it just felt more like it was a part more organic to the story to start just walking around and the tension of i don't know if they changed the gunplay maybe but the gunplay especially was a lot more visceral to me like i felt each especially for shotgun i felt each Mm. shot and yeah um it was it was just uh it's a very simple like stripped down game i don't think it's like when a it's like a, a complicated game mechanic in general, um, the way they, they make this game. But it's, it works for the story they're telling and how they, how they want you to, to experience it, definitely. <clears throat> mm. Yeah, I was going to say, I, 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 I adore the gameplay for this. Yeah. I liked the first one. Mm-hmm. Because I don't quite remember the first one that well, in great detail. But this, I absolutely adored it. I thought it yeah. was, everything was brilliant. Throughout playing the entire game, I think mm. I only ever actually encountered one bug. Oh, okay. And that I was any. <laughs> and that was that uh, if you saved and like quit the game mm-hmm. immediately after doing like, upgrades, it wouldn't save the upgrades. Oh right, okay. But you know that's just a tiny thing. Yeah. And that's literally the only bug I ever came across. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like in a macro like. A, macu, a, macu, a perfectly crafted sort of um, <laughs> sort of experience in that sense because I 
I've played many games that I've loved and adored and holds the best games I've ever played and they have had they've had um they've had like problems that are like kind of buggy that it's kind of just, like look past. But this one I I can't remember having one like buggy problem at all. Mm, uh, I um and like I said with the with the guns as well, I, I just loved how you know, you felt the weight of them. Mm-hmm. And in feeling the weight and sort of the power of them, you feel like the importance of them and you feel the importance of every bullet. Oh yeah. When you're scavenging and you find you find a shotgun shell, it's like yes. <laughs> Finally. Um You never yeah. like you have enough, you know. <laughs> no, you, you never quite have enough, do you? No, never do. And that's the strength of as well, one of the things I noticed while playing was many of the many of the when you when you're just walking, particularly mm-hmm. sort of after you've maybe had an altercation. Is what I'll call them. <laughs> yeah. And you're sort of just walking and you'll look at the layout of the level mm-hmm. and you'll sort of see that some some, some rotten or uh, decaying cars are positioned in a certain way and there's trees in a certain way mm-hmm. and there's rocks. And you'll look at it and you'll think, because people, because I've played quite a lot of games, yeah. just look at it and you think, right, well, something's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Because they're perfect cover. Yeah. But then what the game does brilliantly is that most of the time nothing happens. That yeah, that's true. You can just walk around and just kind of figure out where you're going. <laughs> and, just, and that bit that builds the tension up because well, you never quite know what you're going to face, mm-hmm. whether it's people or the infected. And yeah. I, I always, I always preferred the people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whenever the the do we call them clickers or do we call them? Zombies, or did it like there's a name for them, isn't there, in the game? Um, is, is it infected? I think, yeah, I think there's called infected because there's always a different name than zombie now, isn't there? Oh, <laughs> yeah, never, Every, everyone has their own, yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. I always, I always prefer having a human battle than a, <laughs> a zombie, whatever one, because um, it's terrifying. <laughs> and I mean, as a compliment to the game, <laughs> but one, one thing that I had noticed, uh, I swear, is that. So somebody had commented before I played the game. I seen a comment from somebody that said that the bloaters aren't as aren't as imposing as they are in the first game, mm. which I do kind of agree with. Oh, okay. Because there's only is there how many times have you come across? I'm, I'm talking about a normal bloater, by the way. Yeah, we'll get uh, to monstrosity in the basement of the hospital <laughs> at the point. <laughs> yeah, um, like the normal bloaters. Which yeah. sort of they were the main bosses of the first game. Mm-hmm. You encountered them at certain points, whereas I think you only encountered two. Yeah. In this one, and only one of them sort of like a real, like infected monstrosity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because um, there's the one in a flashback, which I think you're supposed to fail it. Yeah, I think. I think you're supposed to fail it. I think you are. Yeah. Um... I think this game does a really good job, though, of um, making, like you've seen before, the pacing of it. Mm. And how I never felt like I needed a boss fight, if that made sense. Like, yeah, I never, I never needed like to have a, some sort of um, some sort of nice little bore on the end, on the end of a sequence to have it feel like I beat something at the end. Which um, for video games, I feel like it's pretty pretty normal. Like when you come to the end of a sequence or a mission, you want 
a big sort of thing to do, whether it's a puzzle or an enemy. It's like it's all structured in that way. And this game, I feel, just treats it more naturally, where big things happen very rarely, and because of that, they feel like huge, like you're facing off against death level things. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> it it does. It sort of it sort of makes them feel bigger, mm-hmm. and. I think there are certain points where you do feel a boss, like a, a bigger thing coming. Yeah. Uh, particularly in the basement of the hospital. <laughs> you go and then you, you're only encountering clickers and you're thinking, right then, mm-hmm. something's coming. Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be something down here. Definitely. I just make all this fuss about it being the epicentre of the, the outbreak. Yeah. Which is just like, you just knew, you just know, don't you? <laughs> yeah, there are certain things where. As well, as well, throughout the game, there were just certain rooms I just didn't want to go in. Oh, yeah, I, I avoided so many rooms and then had to go back because I realised, oh, the story is that way. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to go there, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm. How did you fare with that? Did you make an effort to collect things, like the collectibles? I, I very rarely do in games. I mean, if I see one, I definitely go and get it. But with video games, collectibles, if they don't, Obviously, like, give me something that I need going forward to beat the game. I don't. I generally just don't go go for it. Mm. Uh, I mean, if I want, if I want to, like a hundred percent platinum trophy, whatever you want to call it, sort of thing, I will do it. But it happens like once every five years. I do that. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, so I didn't do that. Um. So yeah, and I did find it though. Where unless this is unusual. Because there, there are there are there are two sets of collectibles, and I feel like I should say now, maybe a bit mm-hmm. late to say this, but we are going to talk about spoilers. Oh yeah, we're spoiling this entire game. <laughs> yeah, um, this is definitely for people who have played the game to listen to, I suppose, unless or people that don't intend to uh, play the game at all. Yeah, <laughs> or don't really care. Yeah, but I found I found this is weird. I found more of an incentive to collect. The first set of collectibles and the second set, if that makes sense. Mm. Like Ellie's type of collectibles rather than Abby's. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess I know what you mean. It feels more, I don't know how to put it really. I know what you mean though. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, sort of round off uh, gameplay as well. Um, the sound design. Oh, God. Yeah. Incredible. I remember it sticks out at one particular point, it sticks mm. out. Where I think towards the start, where you're running through the suburbs, it's just early on her own. Yeah. Dean is at the cinema theatre. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're running towards, you think it's Tommy, but it's actually Jesse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a bit where um, you sort of you have to run, you go into a house and you get ambushed. Mm-hmm. And you have to go upstairs and whatever. And you have to like negotiate the encounters. I remember at that point, that was the first point where I really noticed how much of an impact the music played on the atmosphere of the game. Mm, yeah. Which is enormous. It's one of the best sound design games I think I've ever, ever played. Yeah. I mean, the, like, the experience of so many different situations, even, even, even like just like going on your horse down, down like a, the forest and hearing like little raindrops, there's something... It was something so weird that I just like it felt so real, <laughs> mm. um, and I also visually it's, it's a very impressive game. Um, but there's all these things that come together to make this game, I think, really special. At least on the gameplay front. I mean, if you disagree with the story, that's fine. But I don't think you can really say that the gameplay was 
like was flawed in some way, like fundamentally flawed. I mean, it 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 works at its best to make the story much better than it than it would be without it. You know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Was there a point, like, because people, when they talk about video games, they often remember a particular level mm. or a particular mission. Is there one that sticks out to you? Um, well, for me, and I think it kind of ties with the story more so than maybe the gameplay, but I do I do remember loving the Abbey, Abbey sequence with, um, with Lev um, when we're climbing, like, the really high rooftops. Yes. Um, yeah, that's, that was very good. Yeah, I... I remember that experience being very, <clears throat> just very, not just, not just like one of the most tense, but it was one I learned the most about what the game was doing and what it was trying to go for. And at the same time, it was that the, the game felt its most unique in that sense, in that one, in that sort of moment of mm. being that high up and climbing those awful, awful towers that I hated so much because I have a bit of that in real life. So having that experience of playing as a character who has vertical and therefore the camera sift its, pers- like, its perspective to make you feel more vertical was terrifying for me and I hated it, but mm. it was really, you know, I was meant to feel, so I guess I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I kept on thinking throughout that sequence, who the hell built that? Yeah, I know, it was... <laughs> I would rather go through the infected than do yeah. that. <laughs> I mean, imagine you're going to work one day and like that's how you get there. That's like what it was as well. It was the play. It was like how you get to the workplace. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> and Lev oh. just scuttling along, like, yeah, it's fine. Come on, Abby. It's not fine. <laughs> six foot, six foot tank. Yeah. Um, oh. Yeah. There are some points that you know do stick out to me. Mm-hmm. May uh, so the main points initially being um, the boss fight in the basement of the hospital. Yeah. With the mother monstrosity with its multiple arms and multiple heads. Yeah, I mean that was terrifying. <laughs> and then when one of them just peels off it. Yeah, I was like, I was like, what? I thought I killed it as well, and it's also it just splits in half, and then <laughs> this keeps on coming. Out. I was like, oh my god, what are you doing? <laughs> Stop. Oh, um, I don't think I've ever felt that tense in a video game or. And even movie or TV show, as I did in that in that situation, I was so, I was so uptight. <laughs> like, <laughs> because like you're in a, like a dark basement where there's tight corners and there's only a few different like rooms that are very small, and you've got like four bullets and I think a knife and like <laughs> that's all you can really make. And I was like, oh, it was terrifying. I think that's this game at its highest in terms of gameplay. Um, and the atmosphere of just being tense. I think that's the height of it in this game, and it's, it's great. Mm, it is. I remember when it when it opens the doors to the ambulance, I remember I just straight away just paused the game. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, oh, no. Yeah. Can't do this. It was one of those moments in the game where... It's one of those rare moments in the game where you just knew what was coming. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? it did. Because the whole game's yeah. built on the fact that you have no idea what's coming, um, usually. But that moment was weird <laughs> the other gameplay bit that i'm going to talk about i'm actually going to talk about later for the story because it has more to do with this story as well it does have a lot to do to the gameplay but it mainly has a lot to do with the story mm-hmm. so i'll leave that until a little bit later right okay um what else is there anything anything else gameplay based i mean oh yeah i think it this one does tie a story as well but like obviously the people that 
they the way they humanize everyone that you're coming like going through you know like yeah. how you kill someone and they scream like someone out some another person in their group will like, scream their name asking where they are and it makes that experience of killing someone in a video game like i mean the video game is synonymous with an experience where you are mostly just a violent person <laughs> um it's kind of how games are made for the most part not all of them but um and it's it was a weird experience having a moment of after you kill someone to he hear someone say like joy where are you and it's like oh that was joy <laughs> <laughs> and then also like dogs no matter what you do i don't want to kill a dog i don't want to no, kill I, don't. A I i always i always ended up saying i'm sorry good boy <laughs> yeah i mean it was <laughs> the way they the way they designed the enemies in this game whether it be human or infected it was always a way of um it it always for the most part deepened the story i think it didn't detract from it or make it seem like you were experiencing a story on this side but you would go play the game on the other side you know mm. um i will say some of the uh the ai humans are particularly stupid though <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you know there's only so much you can accomplish yeah it's 20, 2020 in it so you know <laughs> we'll get there yeah mm. um but in terms of that combat as well mm. in the actual it's mainly when you're just sort of sneaking around where you think you, they should definitely be able to see me <laughs> yeah but I mean, in, in actual combat i did yeah. find them to be quite intelligent because they do try and flank you yeah they do yeah and i think the in an actual combat situation where you're just you just no longer any stealth involved it's a very smart experience in a sense because <laughs> um you don't feel like you can just go up to anyone and just kind of like kill them you feel like if you step out the wrong in the wrong direction you could easily die <laughs> and you do you often do die <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah mm. is there anything else to add for gameplay do you think um well, I always really enjoy um, Naughty Dog's hand-to-hand um, -hand combat sort of sequences. I always really enjoy them. Yes, they uh, were. They were great. Because they... Because, I mean, in video games, sometimes with hand-to-hand -hand combat or whatever sort of, like, this... Yeah, the hand-to-hand -hand combat, it, you, it can sometimes feel a bit like you're just pressing X until they die, and then you do a combo maybe by accident and you move on. <laughs> but in this one, it feels like Yes, you are most part for the most part pressing one or two buttons, but it does feel like every punch or kick or whatever is something that will affect you in the way that, that kick or punch would. So, like if they hit you in the head, that will knock you back in a way that a, a hit to the stomach will will not. Um, so, in that sense, I do feel the hand to hand combat in Naughty Dog's games, like in, in Uncharted Four as well, it, it feels like visceral and like each put each punch has an effect that is unique to that. That mm. punch. Like mm. you said with Uncharted Four. The the last set the last bit of Uncharted Four when you're in the flaming ship. <laughs> I think that's that's probably one of my one of my favourite video game sequences. Mm. It's in final sequences. And the fact that, that does translate to this game a lot in where you if you're like up against one of the the units of enemies yeah. and they hit you with the like a, a hammer. Yeah. Like a hammer. Like you feel being hit with a hammer. Yeah, you feel like... I mean, the game in so many ways just... It it takes the experience of what you normally experience in a video game and then this, it makes it grounded in a way that video games don't 
I wouldn't say they don't do either, but like it's very rare that they make it this impactful to the player. Mm-hmm. Um, and that intense as well. Yeah, I mean... I it's entirely unique. Mm-hmm. I think aside from um, the big monstrosity in the in the basement, I think my other favourite sort of store of boss battle was in the in the um, the the camp, the like where Lev um where oh, Lev, yeah. where Lev um, exists and you're Abby and you're fighting this huge man that just won't die. And he's like he's like huge, huge and <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And um that that for me was another highlight of the game of just like you don't, I never feel this way in a video I never feel this way in a movie or TV show, rarely ever. Like this yeah. level of intensity of just I, if I don't move to the left right now, I I'm gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it was, uh, yeah. I mean, this gameplay and the story works so well, well in hand hand together for me. Um, in ways that most video games kind of split apart and not even in, in a bad way because I kind of expect it almost that like a game is a story and then you play the game and then it's a story and then you play the game and then this one kind of. And many Naughty Dog games um, mix the two in a really unique way. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. As well, the section on the island, the Seraphite Island. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. Um, yeah. It's all great. <laughs> Just the whole a whole thing where you're on the horse, you're galloping through the burning buildings, they're all fighting each other. Yeah. That level of intensity as well, like... And as well, I... That's one of the moments, I suppose we'll talk about it more in the story, where the themes of the game really came together. Oh, yeah, definitely. I like feel that, like that. that point where you're on the island, and even as you're, as you're setting off onto the island, mm. that basically Seattle Day 3. Yeah. <laughs> where you really get a sense and feeling for what the game's trying to tell. Yeah. I think um, a lot happens in those those last few days that are just... It's when it, the story for the last twenty hours sort of doesn't all of a sudden make sense because it always makes sense, but it becomes a it becomes like a flowing story that you understand better now, and you kind of you're put in this uncomfortable position of well now I, I like this character a lot <laughs> and all this yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um shall we move on to the story I think we should yeah <laughs> okay then. first of all before we do this. Mm-hmm. On our Instagram, mm-hmm. when we've been doing our reviews, we've used the five star system. Yeah. Out of five stars, what would you give this game? I mean, for me, it's a five out of five, five, out of five star game. Is it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. For me, yeah. I would give it four. A four? Okay. Okay. I'd give it a four. Mm-hmm. Four out of five. Is that based upon the. The story more than the gameplay. Uh, yeah, the get the gameplay for me is flawless. Mm-hmm. And when when I, when I say it's because of the gameplay, I don't have, I don't hate the story. Mm-hmm. For me, it's just little niggly things. Okay, okay. Which we'll, we'll uh, get on to. Yeah, I mean, we're going to get into the consensus now. <laughs> so. Um. So. <laughs> I, I don't even know how to approach this. Mm. Shall we start from the beginning of the game? Um, I mean, yeah, I'm sure. Because <laughs> this is so much, you know, there's like 30 hours of dust. <laughs> there is. We've got 30 hours worth of story to get through. So many events. <laughs> so, the new characters, then. Mm-hmm. The characters we meet, 
Start with the ones somewhat on Ellie's side. What do we think of them? Um, I love them for the most part. Um, I mean, Jesse and um, Dina. Uh, I think those characters really, really work. And I think the difference between the first game and this game is that um, this is, I think this is the first time we've had Ellie just have an experience where she's just with other teenagers her age. Um, so we get to see a different side to her, I guess. Like, she's, we don't feel that she's, like she's a little girl anymore. She's, I think, like, five years old, is gonna, I think it is. Um, Four or five, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like those characters helped reflect that, and I feel like they felt real, like, all things in this game to me feel where they had a backstory that defined who they were, and they had strengths, and they had weaknesses, and they had things that happened just a day before the game started and they went on an adventure without you knowing what they were doing and then you also you'd see them again and be like, oh, you, you were doing this. Um, so they, they all feel alive to me in a sense that um, they, they feel like they exist outside of Ellie's story and I, I like them as well, which helped. <laughs> I, I, I really like Dina. I think she's a very well-written and well-acted, which is the main thing. Yeah. Like, the well acted part and uh, her relationship with Ellie is mm-hmm. for me one of the highlights of the game. Oh yeah, it's just the uh, little interactions they have mm. and their dynamic of they just keep getting each other out of trouble. Yeah, and um, that's a real highlight. Yeah, I think Dina especially is a great character because I mean I just I was just talking about how they feel like characters outside outside of Ellie's world, but. Um, in terms of how she reflects Ellie, she is the part of Ellie that she that Ellie should be content with. Like she should be happy. Like there's no reason at this moment in time. Like if you just take it, if you just look at her character in the game that we see her in, and don't think about the first game or the dark past she goes down, she should essentially just be happy. Like <laughs> it's. I mean, don't get me wrong. Obviously, they're living in a they live in a horrible world where everything's gone terrible. But they live in this a very rare corner of the world that that's like a home um, where people yeah. exist and, and have like relationships and love each other. And it's 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 a rare thing in that world in last in the Last of Us world and in the real world sometimes to have that. And uh, I feel like the game starts off really strong with that, and it makes you feel like you're losing something each time you make a decision to go further away from Jackson or Dina, um, which is really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it's very well. You definitely feel safe in Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of, uh, That's the kind of place it is. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Ellie herself, yeah, I would say after playing this game, I think Ellie is a more compelling protagonist than Joel was for the first one. Oh, really? Okay. I would, yes. I well, maybe not necessarily better or more mm-hmm. compelling. I would say definitely equal. Right. Okay. Because I just think that Ellie, Ellie's sort of personality and her interactions with the other characters, while they do sort of show her decline in a way. Yeah. They show the glimmers of the person she used to be and the person she still can be. Mm-hmm. And that's something that. It's a very important thing people should take away from the ending when we get to it. Yeah. And I just find it a very... Like the way that she's conflicted and the way that her motivations are established, mm-hmm. I think is incredibly well-crafted. Yeah. 
And I think, yeah. I think on top of that as well, he has many sort of new strengths and weaknesses that weren't weren't well, they were there in the first game, but there were there are new ones here that imply that in the five years since then, she's grown as a person. And this time around, she plays guitar and she has like a relationship with her with Dina and. She has friendships and enemies that are sort of like quite like not real enemies, more like oh, I don't really like, like this guy in my my new hometown, you know. <laughs> um, and yeah, I feel like her. She has a very clear, a very clear arc where she can decide between these different paths, and she keeps on deciding the wrong one. Um, and I feel like the game does a really good job of making each choice feel like a choice that you either agree or disagree with, but you know why she's doing it. Mm. Uh, this is really important. Yeah. One of the things that when reading other people's reviews, mm-hmm. and not necessarily positive reviews, <laughs> a lot of them say that, well, not a lot, of them, a few of them say that they don't like Ellie, they don't find Ellie compelling, and they don't, they don't understand Ellie's arc. And they don't mm-hmm. think that what the decisions she makes are the character that you know from the first game. Yeah. Which I I completely disagree with. Mm-hmm. Because you've got to consider that everything she's been through, mm-hmm. but also look who her role model is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you, if you think about the fact that everything she knows about Joel, mm-hmm. everything she's seen him do, Every everything she knows that he's done eventually, mm-hmm. especially sort of when she finds out what Joel did with the fireflies, yeah, um, it becomes like a rational. You understand why she's doing this because her most significant role model in her life was Joel, yeah, and these are all things that he would do, yeah, like be be not say be bitter, but be dedicated to the cause of getting revenge and trying to recover what's mm-hmm. been lost. And I think and as well, Joel, um, in, in a strange, in a very strange way, because obviously I had a lot of negative outcomes, but in a lot of ways, Joel's number one priority priority in it at the first game and since then has been uh, love, because mm. he loves Ellie and he's done these horrible, horrible things in in because he loves this this daughter figure in Ellie, and he has essentially let, let his guard down in the years since we last saw him and become a more loving, caring man, and all because he just wants to become, become the best version of himself so that Ellie might accept him again. Um, so in that sense, Ellie taking the lesson from Joel of doing horrible things in, name of, in the name of love is doing the same thing again, where she's doing these horrible things in the, in the name of I love this person mm-hmm. uh, which it's not the healthiest way to deal with it <laughs> no it's not as well I, I think that the the cherry on the top of the cake would be sort of the, the stre- stretch of the game which I can best describe as the prologue mm-hmm. no, no the epilogue sorry the epilogue right okay at the end at the end yeah where you see that she has PTSD and flashbacks for yeah. when Joel died. Mm. And that, for me, that's the icing on the cake. Yeah. For her character and supporting her motivations and helping her to understand why she does what she does. And that helps her to become just so compelling and mm. so human. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, everything, that, that every, everything that made the first game good. That's yeah. humanity. Mm-hmm. And anything about the decisions that these characters make, um, all like literally all of them, I can't think of a single one where I didn't think that. I didn't have con- contradictory emotions about it because it was so complex. I mean, because on one side, you'd, you'd understand and you would... In a, in, a, in a certain light, if you say to yourself, would I, would I do this in this situation? You, half of you says, it's very possible that I might have. And half of you goes, I don't think I ever would do that in my life. But you do understand the both sides of it. And I feel like every character makes choices in this, in this game that is like that. Um, or, but yeah, and, and these characters for that feels far more alive than most characters feel in in many movies or games or TV shows, you know, um, and it's a, it's a unique experience to have that a 30 hour game where we explore decisions that are made out of motivations that we understand and how those decisions change the outcome for all these people and how mm-hmm. they affect them. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. What about Abby? Okay. Abby. So Abby, right, <laughs> Abby is a character in this game. And at first, I I think I, thinking back to it now, because it's been quite a while for me, I guess. But thinking back to it, I never, I never genuinely like, hating her at the start. Like, really, really hating her. And I feel like even the character in her design as a person is built, like, built to look like a person that you'd like to punch in the face, you know? Um <laughs> There was nothing I liked about her at the start of the game, and she, um, and anything about her I didn't really understand. And she had obviously committed this terrible act in the game that we—it's not as a terrible act in general, but it's a terrible act for us because we have seen. I mean, we, we played the first game and are coming to this one expecting a Joel and, and Ellie story again, um, but this time we see this this Abby character who comes in and just changes that entire expectation with one with one scene essentially mm-hmm. and at the same time she seems to have no remorse for it and we just move on and she goes away and we never see her again for 10 hours and it's all about getting to her and killing her and you understand why because you hate her um but after the game and i think this is where you come down in the game is where did you enjoy the the switch i don't even want to call it a twist i want to call it like a just a switching of narrative um framing from mm. ellie to abby and I think if you don't like it and you never really got to like it, I feel like this that's going to dictate how you feel about the game. Um, for me, I love this is the, this is the, the decision to do it. That is that did not mean that from the start I loved the the character of Abby. However, like I said before, with the the skyscraper sort of um, like level sort of stuff, yeah, you're climbing. That was the moment where I kind of because I had been playing as her for so long. And saw her do so many different things I didn't expect from her. Um, getting to that point um, was a, one of the first moments where I, where I, where I, where I, had, I had lost almost the memory of what she had done and how much I hated it and started just empathizing with her and her fears of vertigo and all these different things and the strengths and weaknesses and her, her, prejudice, her prejudices that she has against Lev and um, Ellie, which Ellie has against her and how Lev has prejudice against her and it's all different viewpoints. I think as the game progresses, you just realize it's all about viewpoints. It just, that's all it is really um, in the end. Um, yeah. I, I just loved that. I love that character by, by the end of the story. I really like adored her. 
mm. uh, and saw her as the hero of the story in a, in a lot of ways. I mean, I guess, I guess more Dina is sort of the hero in the sense that she's the only character that doesn't go down these dark paths that she could easily go down. Mm-hmm. Um, but Abby, if we're comparing to Ellie, I would, if I was to make the assumption and not, because I don't, I don't think either is a hero or a villain. I don't think either is clearly a morally good or morally bad character. I think yeah. this game is built upon being morally great. Um, yeah. I, 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 I would have to lean towards um, Abby being the hero if I was forced to tell you which one was the hero. Um, okay. And I love that character. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would say mine, my, my perspective would be slightly different. Okay. In that I, first of all, again, we will talk, we are going to get to it later. Mm-hmm. But the boldness of the decision to have Abby and have Abby does do what she does at the beginning and then to have you take control of Abby. The ambition, the boldness, and the scale to do that and to attempt that, I will always admire. Oh, yeah. Like I, in a lot of things I've always said, that mm-hmm. with these things, it's so much, I would rather somebody took a massive swing mm-hmm. and maybe didn't land or didn't land it entirely than have a safe little hit. Yeah, yeah. I, I would rather they attempted something and they attempted something with purpose. Mm-hmm. And I feel that's what it that's what it does. There's great purpose behind it in what it attempts to do. Yeah. I'm not one hundred percent sure <laughs> it nails it. Yeah. Um I don't think that Abby should take up Abby's perspective should take up as much of the game as it does. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like I I I'm I'm like you in that. She, she comes along, she swans in, <laughs> what she does at the beginning, mm-hmm. and she, then she just pisses off, presumably never to be seen again, yeah. until the ending where there's a, the boss battle and you kill her. That's, yeah. that's what we assume. Yeah. And then you sort of switch to her, and you warm to her through her interactions with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, I, th- I think she's a good and well-written character. I think she's yeah. well-written. I think she's good. <clears throat> Not as in morally good. Yeah. As in... A complex character. Yeah, critically good. Uh, solid. A really good story. Mm-hmm. And motivations. I love the fact that while Ellie is off killing her friends, she's doing something to save somebody. Yeah. But I wouldn't say she was anything above good. Okay. Okay. In that... I probably... I preferred her friends more oh really okay like i i liked owen owen yeah um i also liked manny mm-hmm. so when, <laughs> when 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 manny's head get gets yeeted apart yeah. <laughs> it comes as a bit of a surprise yeah because i remember i play i remember playing it through and thinking oh we haven't mm-hmm. seen manny die yeah maybe oh no oh no <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and yes, yeah, so I think as well. I also, I think the the whole section on the island is great. Oh yeah, it's the section in the hospital is amazing. Mm-hmm. The section on the, as you say, on the bridge is also great. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, um, I think it was the um, the moment on the Ferris wheel like island at, near the end where you where you see 
where you, um, as Abby, you see Mel and Owen, um, unfortunately, <laughs> went, have met Ellie. Um, <laughs> um, and I feel like that was the moment that from then on, from then on, like in that game, I was 100% on board. And everything before that, which I had been not, dis- I didn't dislike what happened before, but I was feeling contradictory emotions about it and not sure about how I felt even though I was, I was enjoying what was happening and how much it was a big swing. Um, but yeah, I think in that moment for me was a moment of, I get it and I love it. And I feel like this is important for people to see and hear and play in this, in this current uh, world. Cause I feel like um, if we're going to get into more a general, I guess, commentaries about art and whatever we want to call video games or movies or TV shows or books, uh-huh. um, I feel like it should reflect real life even if it's in a place that is fun like unrealistic so yeah you know, yeah i 100% agree with that <clears throat> yeah so i feel like with this story what we get and what i think so great about this game and the previous one is it's called the last of us the last of us and it's yes it it works in the sense of it it tells you that we're in a zombie apocalypse game and it's all about not being killed by zombies but i feel like what's really really doing and what that title really means for me is that it's these people that are completely stripped down of what society or the world or what we usually do in life because there is no more life in a sense there is no more normal life there is just survive and without we are down to our primal instincts in these games and it's from those primal instincts that we see what people are really like uh, not this in a zombie situation but in a situation of life and how um we make decisions based upon different motivations and different viewpoints. And I feel like people now, today, never ever, and haven't for ages, I feel it's a big problem with humanity in general. We don't ever put, us, put ourselves in someone, else, someone else's shoes. Mm, yeah. We very rarely do that. And I feel like what movies, TV shows, books, art, uh, games are great about is the fact that for two hours or 30 hours or whatever it is, you are in someone else's shoes. You are forced to be someone else, and you are forced to put your experience through them. And they are forced; they are, they have to put your their experience through you. And I feel like this game is a great example of that because it's a game that holds a mirror to you and says, "Are you? Could you? If you were just Ellie and not playing a video game and being Abby and seeing different perspectives, would you take the time to come out of your own emotions and viewpoints to?" understand someone else that is on the surface completely opposite to you and an evil an evil person to you and i feel like as it as humans we rarely do that now um and i feel like this game going into it this game is a sequel to a very popular game that people for the most part took away these amazing two central characters and they wanted more of that those two central characters and i feel like people expected a sequel where maybe it starts off with something terrible happening but not Joel dying and then they expected another another Last of Us Part 2 where uh, another Last of Us Part 1 where the characters become closer by the end because they understand each other more but at the end maybe something because the sequel and it has to be more darker or whatever maybe Joel dies at the very end and that's the end of the story um, but we got something completely different from that something that is 
offensive to some people in the sense that it takes away everything you love from the first game so early on and asks you to just deal with it going forward. Mm. And, then, and then goes, can you can you get over this massive hurdle we put in front of you um, at the very start? Can you get over that very first hurdle and move on? Not even, I guess, I guess yeah, move on. Um, and can you do that in life as well? Can you get past that very first hurdle of getting past yourself? I feel like that's the entire point of the game, that yeah. very hurdle. Um, and I think it's it asks it does ask you, and I heard it from Troy Baker saying this, but it asks you to love it not like in a selfish way where you love it because it gave you more of what you wanted, but can you love it in a selfless way where you just love it because the story that wasn't what you wanted, it wasn't something you thought you'd not even something you necessarily enjoyed, but something that you experienced um, in a way, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I understand. That. I think it's very old from a from a studio to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will always admire that. And this this does bring us this bring does bring us neatly onto perhaps one of the main talking points, and that is that Joel is killed at the beginning of the game. Mm, yeah, <laughs> protagonist that he spent so however many hours with in the first game was just killed in the opening few minutes, mm-hmm. and when. Uh, because this this is obviously leaked as well beforehand. Yeah, people. I try my best to avoid it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what happened going in. Yeah, I knew something happened that pissed people off at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, um, but going into it, I had genuinely genuinely assumed that it was Dina that died at the beginning. Oh, okay, right. For some reason, because she's she's barely in a good deal of the trailers. Yeah, she's only in that one scene in the trailers, at the the dancing scene. Yeah, <clears throat> I I assumed that it would be it would be her. Yeah. However, when I was introduced to Abby, mm-hmm. when you introduced that gang, <laughs> I I did sort of figure out that it was going to be Joel. Yeah. And the way it also transpires where you get saved by Joel mm-hmm. at the start. Um, and from there, it just sort of spirals mm. uh, into her and the rest of the, the ex-Fireflies getting revenge. Yeah. And I, when it first happened, like when I was playing the game, mm-hmm. I did stop a little bit. Like I started. Pause it or whatever. Yeah, I take a moment because I wasn't completely at ease with it. Right. Okay. While I understood what it was going for, I didn't. I didn't quite understand fully what was going to happen yet. Yeah. And there was quite an easily a moment where I could have just sort of left it and said, oh, "I'll come back tomorrow," and then I'd, I'd probably just not come back tomorrow. Yeah. But I decided to play on. Mm-hmm. Just push through it, and as you as you push play and you play more, I think you get a greater sense of why. Mm-hmm. Because by in a way, by killing Joel, you release this game from the legacy of the first. <laughs> right. In a way, you release it from the shadow. Yeah. In a way, it's not because... another chapter now. It's a another story in its own. Yeah. 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 As well as as I came to understand that. Part of me still thinks, was that the best thing to do? 
Mm-hmm. Like I, I accept it. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not angry at anyone for it. I completely understand why it's done. Yeah. But <laughs> as well as well for the purpose of the story they're telling, I accept it because I think what the story they're telling is a very good one. Mm-hmm. Particularly in the way that's manifested in the ending and the final stages. Yeah. But I, I do keep thinking to myself, is this the best story? Yeah. The best option they could have went down. Yeah. Right. Now, okay. if you think about that for anything, <laughs> in your mind, there will always be the best story of what you yeah. want in an ideal world. There's always the better version in your head. Yeah. The one, the one you're told about, you know, because it's in your head, isn't it? Yeah. But <laughs> the best way I can describe this game is a flawed masterpiece. Right. Okay. Because a fair judgment. There is there are things that as well as well particularly the ending where I feel I feel like I might have my personal preference would be to have him in the game more. Because as well, mm-hmm. as you play through you have the flashbacks and the flashbacks start. Yeah. To Ellie with Joel doing various things. And I thought that was that was excellent. Mm. I thought I was really well constructed, and yeah. that is what helped me start to understand what this game was trying to do. Yeah, and it allowed and, you to mourn. Sorry, it allowed you to like to mourn the character in yeah. the game. <clears throat> and then, but then for me, you get to the point where you switch to Abby, mm. and obviously you don't have flashbacks for that anymore. You have flashbacks explaining Abby's story. Yeah, and. Obviously, with that, you lose the flashbacks with Ellie and Joel. Mm-hmm. When you do that, I think that's when I start, started to. I didn't. I didn't progress in my understanding of why they killed Joel. Yeah. Because I was expecting there to be more flashbacks, if that makes sense. Right. Okay. Like throughout the story, to further explain things. I mean, right. after you change to Abby, mm-hmm. there there are only two more flashbacks. And yeah. one of them we've already seen because it was part of a promo. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and by the way, we will get to that second flashback, the last flashback. Because <laughs> I have plenty to say about that. Mm. Um, but I, I just felt like not, I don't think it ruins the legacy of the first game at all. Yeah. I think it builds on it brilliantly. Yeah. And I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't want the game to be changed. Yeah. I think this is the one of the best stories they could have told. Mm-hmm. But it always be in the back of my mind that I kind of wanted I think there was a little bit more to Joel. Right. Okay. They could have been or they could have made it yeah. fill out more of the game. Yeah. Because when you think about it, his story is over. In mm-hmm. a way. Yeah. There's not much more you can do with him without yeah. straining and diluting his story. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could go, go down like a redemptive arc for him, I guess. Mm. But it, feel, it wouldn't feel contradictory, but it would feel a bit like you're, like you're dulling out the experience of the first game by changing the ending to be one of a midpoint instead of the ending, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. One, of the, one of the points I thought about a lot 
as I was playing through the game is what I thought might have been an alternative would be at the start if you played around with that dynamic yeah. and you had it where Tommy was killed. Yeah. Where Tommy sort of figures out what's going on mm-hmm. and he claims to be Joel. Oh, you know okay. I mean? Yeah. And essentially you just swap those two characters around. Yeah. And you have Joel be the one to sort of go off. With Ellie. With Ellie to get revenge, but also have them separate for life. You could have it where Ellie is going after Joel. Yeah. Part, yeah. part, of, part of me likes that idea. Mm-hmm. Part of me keeps coming back to, well, the story that they are telling wouldn't be as good. Yeah, it would, it would be less of a... I guess less of a less of a hurdle like I was saying before. It'd be like a slightly smaller hurdle to get over because mm. Tommy, whilst being a character that I do love, is not the main character I spent twenty hours playing in the last game. You know, no, it wouldn't be that much of a gut punch to see him die. Yeah. Well, I was because <laughs> you because you, you think he dies in this one. Yeah. You do think he dies. You're led to believe that he dies. Mm-hmm. And he miraculously survives. Mm. Um. As well, when that happened, I thought, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> no, another one. No, another. Because at that point, you've already seen pretty much everybody die. Yeah, every possible one. The only, the only characters that at that point were still alive were Dina and Maria. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who has two lines at the beginning. Yep. And the, the, the homophobic guy at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> um. And, yeah, so I do sort of play with that in my mind, but at the end of the day, I do appreciate the story that's been told. Yeah. And at the end of the day, my problems that make, well, not problems, but the reasons why, for me, it's four-star and not five-star mm-hmm. aren't to do with Joel. Right. Well, they, well, they aren't. <laughs> right. <laughs> topic. Because, right. I feel like the death of Joel, like the actual, if we're talking about just the scene by itself, was, yes, it was hard to play and watch, but it was, I think it was indicative of the characters in this world and how, yeah, in the same way, real life does work. Um, whether you think Joel's a hero or a villain or somewhere in between, that doesn't dictate how, how does he die or live. Um, you can be a great person, who's made great decisions, but doesn't mean you're going to end up having the perfect life because morality or karma has gotten, has dictated that you're going to have the best possible life (laughs) or you're going to die a peaceful death. Um, So I feel like that was a a great way to not introduce us to the world because we already have been, but to introduce us to the concept that these characters are living a very short amount of time on this planet, um, especially now that they're always in, in danger of death. Um, and either way, if they decide to be good or bad, they're going to die either way. So I feel like each decision becomes less of a, well, I don't want, each decision from that one becomes less of a, I don't want to have bad things happen to me because I'm a bad person. Therefore, I'll do good things. It becomes more like I can do whatever I want because someone like Joel, who was a, a lovely, lovely person who did something, you did, yes, do something terrible in the name of love, um, died like that. And I think it, it sets a good a good sort of tone for the game where nothing feels fair, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's I think it's lovely, like lovingly created. And I think that 
I think people. I think it, it kind of reminds me of the Last Jedi. <laughs> um, uh, that, that's that, that's another comparison that somebody in the review section I took screenshots of <laughs> made uh, made that comparison as well. Yeah, because um, people reacted to the older version of Luke Skywalker like he was a different character and like he wasn't the person they knew. Um, and I feel like it's similar here where with Joel, especially, it's not the person you knew because it's been five years. And if you didn't, if you didn't, if you wanted to come to this game and experience the first game again, but with different graphics or a different ending or whatever, um, you didn't really want to see his characters grow. You self, self, selfless, yeah, selflessly love them. Um, and wanted them to just be the same and have the same experience. And for him not to actually have a better life at, at, for the five years after after the first game. And I feel like a great, a great a moment I adore in this game is when we're at the graveyard and you go to Joel's house. And Joel's house is full of just like things anyone who has a hobby or whatever does. He's got like guitars lying around. He's got woodwork he's doing. And like he's got posters and stuff. And he's just got, he's like a normal life he's living and he's just living it peacefully and he's, he's happy for once he's not looking around his back all the time like mm. like he always was in the first game he isn't uptight he's now he's now a he's now a calm well maybe not calm but it's, he's definitely sad because of ellie and her, him losing her in the sense that she wants to ignore him um but he has softened a lot and i feel like He's softened to the point where his his death, whilst being horrible to watch and horrible as a death by itself, didn't feel like they were just taking, to, like just piling on the problems of this guy and then killing him at the end. So I feel like in the last moment he 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 understands that yes, I let my guard down since these five years. I've let my guard down, and this is what happens when you let me guard down. You die, and people take their revenge. But at the same time, I don't get the feeling that's his last thought. I always think that his last thought is, I would probably do this again because I got Ellie and I got this experience of Jackson. Um, hmm. hey, there, is, there is a feeling of, sort of, in, in his mannerisms as well. Obviously, he's been shot in the leg as well. Yeah. But <laughs> there is like a sense of reluctant acceptance. Yeah. There's um, like a. That, 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 yeah. Yeah. I like, I think like he wish he could have he wish he could have had like a a reconciliation with Ellie, but at the same time he's glad he had whatever time he had with Ellie and with Jackson with everyone there. Yeah. Yeah, that that's what helps it feel like it is the completion of his story. Yeah. Like there's that's that like a natural ending point. I think what just throws people off is that it comes at the beginning of the game. Yeah. And it's not you don't necessarily know that. Yeah, and it's not from his perspective either. It's, I mean, the way you meet Joel in that section is through Abby, and then the way you lose Joel is through the lens of um, um, Ellie. Mm -hmm. uh, so it doesn't feel like you're you're him experiencing this, and you get to get to get to have that experience of not happy that you're dying, but not exactly the worst possible and like life you could have had in a situation yeah. you're in um so i feel like it was hard for ellie to watch because she hadn't had that reconciliation with him and yeah. abby was filling out her events and you're seeing it from those two viewpoints and nothing else for the majority of the game um so yeah 
Mm. Um, does this sort of bring us to the ending of the game? Yeah, the porch scene. So yeah, so yeah. so after that, so the final shots of the game of the game are mm. her walking away from the house and the guitar. Yeah. Um. Or do, 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 do you want to talk about the the final confrontation first? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll do that. I feel like a natural next point. Yeah. The final, as I sort of entered the final bit of the game, mm-hmm. I did actually find a bit of happiness in the fact that we played as Ellie again. <laughs> yeah. And that's sort of the overriding thing for me during the game was that, like you said, with you thought you were behind Abby. Mm-hmm. Um, I I firmly thought. I firmly believe for the entire thing that this, I felt that the story was Ellie's. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why, what for me, felt like you spend me a little too long as Abby. Right. Not that I dislike her. As I said, I think she's good. And I like her. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it does feel like Ellie's story. And that's, that also brings me to the point I, was, I nearly forgot about, as I was saying earlier. The second point I want to talk about, about gameplay. Yeah. Is when you play as Abby and you confront Ab and Ellie, mm-hmm. that sort of boss battle. Yeah. That, in both a comedic and a serious way, <laughs> that little boss battle nearly ruined my enjoyment of the game. Really? A, because I couldn't fucking do it. <laughs> I kept dying. Really? Oh. I'd, I'd not struggled at a single point during the game. Yeah. But for some reason, I kept on failing. Yeah. She kept on shooting me and stabbing me with a machete and blowing <laughs> me up with the pipe bombs. Yeah. Hitting me with Molotovs. Yeah. I kept on dying and it was just so frustrating. Mm-hmm. Also, in a serious way, mm-hmm. it felt a little bit wrong. Right. That's the only it's the only point of the game where I felt like narratively it felt out of place right okay like i feel like this confrontation i should be controlling ellie right like i I think it's great how we've been shown abby's perspective and where she was the Mm. fact she was helping people when ellie was going around killing all her friends yeah and but i felt like once that came back around i feel like we should have resumed with ellie Mm. or at least maybe I'd have liked it if we'd have continued with Abby and we'd have started the fight. Maybe halfway through the fight, you'd have switched to El- to Ellie. Yeah, still I mean, the fight. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't think that that narratively that scene. I think that's perfect. I think it's great. Yeah, I think the way you know, yeah, uh, Lev stops Abby from killing Dina. Yeah, fact Ellie loses. All of that is great. I wouldn't change any of that. I wouldn't want to change any of that. But I do feel like you should have swapped to Ellie and experienced it as more of a defeat as Ellie rather than a victory for Abby. Yeah. I mean, for me, I thought that um, it was a great sequence made greater by the fact that later on at the the Riverside, we do get the other other perspective Mm. of that fight. Um, and I, because when we meet Ellie 
um, as Abby in that fight, we we are at our sort of strongest, most like rageful version of Abby, where Ellie has just killed Owen and Mel, everyone she's ever like known or cared about, and lost because he had had become a killing machine for Joel and closed herself off from the world. Um, so that's Abby at her most full of rage. Um, and when we and when we meet. And her meeting Ellie in that situation, I think Ellie's at her weakest in some ways. Yeah. She's just she's like lost some a lot of things. She's feeling more and more empty the more she goes through of her actions. And then and then she loses Jesse as well because of Abby, which doesn't help. <laughs> and so I feel like it's a good para it's a great parallel for me of when you meet when you meet each other, you're different positions in your psyche where one's at the strongest, one's at the weakest, and when you meet Abby again later on. You meet her at her weakest, uh, weakest. But as Ellie, you're probably maybe not at your strongest, but definitely the the feeling of rage overcomes all other emotions because you're finally going on this crusade by yourself. No one's there to help you. You are killing everyone in your path. There's this new, this new, these new people that are trying are uh, prison people, and Abby is somewhere. And Abby, of course, physically is emaciated. She is. She's went from being like a tank of a human being to like just a skinny like she can't mm. barely stand up. Um, I feel like that's also a great way of how the parallel works with those two characters. Of you see each other at the weakest and at the strongest, their weaknesses, their fears, their strengths, their 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 loves and their, their hatred, and you see them all come come together twice. And one chooses Abby chooses the light at the end because of love. I feel like Lev is the Ellie from the first game in this yeah. game. In this oh yeah. Sense. Yeah. Um, so like when you look at when you look at Lev, you see a sort of childhood innocence that Ellie once had, and similar in a sense that the baby that Dina and Ellie have is this innocence that they they impart wisdom upon through their actions. So I feel like if Abby carried on killing Ellie, she would have imparted the the cycle of hatred and violence that. Um, they've been experiencing to another person that is fine to at the, at the end of the day just kill someone and, and move on because mm-hmm. revenge and I feel like at the end of Ellie deciding finally to take a lesson from from Abby and uh, that she gave her of we we let you live and you she says this line uh, when they first meet up after the, the death of Joel she says we let you live and you wasted it yeah uh, yeah and I feel like Ellie to me, it, I love that character so much, but I was so I was so annoyed at her. I was so annoyed at her because by that point, where well, we reached a sort of natural conclusion almost, where we're with we're with um, Ellie and Dina at the at the house, and there's a farm, it's an idyllic setting, and you have this baby, and they're having this great happy life. Um, I couldn't I couldn't see why she would go down that path again. I couldn't. I could see why she would. I just couldn't see. I couldn't see what, why. Why would you give that all this up? Like, and then when it comes up, when it comes up that she's having PTSD, and it's something that literally infects her mind, and it's something that when she's killing Abby at the end, she has like little like flashes of um, Joel's face um, in front of her. Um, is it was a moment for me where I felt like this is this is the game at its best where I, I feel. So annoyed at the character, so hateful for character, but I want the best for her, you know. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the same thing with Abby. I hate that character. I really just disliked her, 
Um, I grew to understand her. Eventually, by the end of her story, I loved her. That's why I personally feel that I don't. I would rather she had that long of like her ten-hour chunk of the game, man. Yeah, just four, three hours maybe. Because um, I, I really like love that character by the end, and I saw her become, I saw her become the Joel figure of this game, but perhaps even better than Joel in the, in her choices as a as a character by the end. Um, and I really loved, I really, really, really loved the ending um, of her letting her go. And at the end, Ellie has nothing. And it's up to you as in a kind of an ambiguous ending, whether he, she deserves anything c- to come back to her. Because... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. I, he, I say, I felt the, regardless, I felt that when she comes back, they're not going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, which also, to me, in my mind, didn't really make sense, because where are they going to go? I think they'll go back to Jackson, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, anyway, I I felt like there wouldn't be anybody there when she went back. Mm. Before that, I agree with you. I think the the final um, alter, altercation between the two of them, between Ellie and Abby, yeah. I think it's brilliant. Right. And as you're playing it's... it, you're feeling everything. Yeah. And it's... I I I put the emphasis on her decision to let Abby go, mm-hmm. being. Because she sees throughout the game, whenever she sees a flash of Joel, mm-hmm. whenever she's given like a flash of memory, it's always of him dying. Yeah. Yet, when the final flash she sees mm-hmm. is of him sat on his porch with a guitar. Yeah. And that's the image that makes her stop. Mm-hmm. And I find that, that, that dynamic and that decision, I find. That's probably the happiest decision of the game for me. Yeah. When yeah. letting her go, because letting her go is both her conscious decision to almost, despite the fact she's already killed hundreds of people, mm-hmm. um, their decision to not do what Joel did. Yeah. And it's also the decision that that indicates that a little bit. It's a decision that indicates that the little girl that Abby, not the little girl, but the, the girl that Joel took across America is mm. still in there. Yeah. And it's the last shred of hope. Yeah. Aiming. And I think it's a great, a great, like, um, symbolic sort of, sort of moment where her fingers get cut off at the end. Yeah. And I, I, I felt the pain of that instantly because I knew, I just knew from the second that happened that she had lost the ability to play the guitar. Yeah. Um, which is one of the few, the few very little moments in this game where you feel like the most at ease. I never, whenever there's someone playing a guitar, you always feel like, oh, this, this is like, this is home essentially. This is like a safe place. Um, and I think my happiest memory from this game that I will always have, and I, I adore it so much. And it's weird because it's an optional moment. Um, is it the Take On Me song that yeah. Ellie yeah. sings? I think that's, for me, if we're talking about just the moments of this pure, like, just enjoyment was that moment, that entire... Like, it's a Take On Me song, but it's played acu- through the acoustic uh, guitar, and it's kind of a slow version, but it's so, like, romantic but lovely, and it's Ellie at her best, and at her... Not... I guess not innocent, but... The Ellie that we know she could be and she has been in the past, the first game, especially. 
Um, yeah, and Dean is there, and it's a happy, unique moment in the game that I think is a is a good is a good point in the game to kind of put anything else under. Is it is it worth losing moments like that um, to mm-hmm. kill someone because they took that took a version of that away from you at some point? Um, yeah, and her losing her fingers at the end for me was so great because I just knew I just knew she she had lost that, and again these characters. By the end of the game, physically, if we're talking with like the physical deform, like performances, uh, injuries that they've injuries that they've gotten, um, it's it's them at their weakest in that sense. Um, Ellie has been stabbed multiple times. <laughs> she has got like I think she's impaled in her side at some point at near yeah. the end of the game. She is by herself, so no one's really helping her out, so no one's feeding her. Uh, no one's making sure she's getting to sleep. Um, Abby is clearly just not doing well. She is, like I said before, she's went from a tank of a human being to just a, a skinny, skinny like person. It's, you can't. She can. I think once she's walking, she can barely stand up straight as well. Um, and it's these two people that have, through the their choices, choices lost everything. And I feel like at the end, having them being a version of themselves that ha- that has lost. Everything that made them them as people, that whether it be um, Ellie's ability to play guitar or Abby's ability to be the strongest version of herself, um, is really powerful to me. And uh, it was it was hard to watch his characters continue down these paths and to watch Abby being being, in my opinion, like at her best, even though she too was clearly taking the consequences of doing some terrible things at that point. But Abby at that point was the the way I guess people who disagree who disagree with how Joel um, saved Ellie from the doctors at the end of the first game wanted Joel to become like she was she was a parent to this child this uh, Lev and she had opened her heart up she had become she had went from being a terrible terrible uptight person to a good person mm-hmm. but she didn't. She never, in my opinion, went too far with it and decided to do these terrible things in the name of love the same way Joel and Ellie did. Um, and she decided to just protect the light, which is, to her, Lev. Mm-hmm. And this, this new idyllic setting that was off across the river, the sea. Um, and to see, I think it was a great emotional this roller coaster for me of just... I don't want to press the the square button or the X button. I don't want to press any of these buttons. I just want to this fight to stop. I mean, yeah. it was it it's a very rare thing to have in any medium usually where you just want a fight to stop because um, you always there's always a drive. This is if this were um, a two hour movie, the driving force would be the revenge story of Ellie against Abby. And if if we didn't have maybe. I don't know, maybe a sequel that focused entirely on Abby and then came back in the third movie as a trilogy and like it was them against each other. I feel like that would that would be a, a great way of adapting this to a movie or TV show. But I feel like this is a, one of those things that it works best in its medium that it's in. And I don't I don't really want to see it adapted to anywhere else mm-hmm. aside from maybe maybe a TV show. because um, yeah. it has enough time to do all this, all these things. But that being said, I do think this game has a special thing of you. In more than any other medium, I think you are putting someone else's shoes in games more than any other medium because you literally control where they go and how they do things. Um, which 
which for me is it's interesting to play that and have two just two experiences of that are parallel to each other but one one is going in the right direction thankfully finally um in, in abby and ellie just going down this darker dark, darker route and mm-hmm. it's horrible to see these two people every once in a while intercross and fundamentally change change each other for the for the worst each time they meet each other yeah um, it's painful to have to play through that it is <clears throat> to have you sort of be the driving force behind it in a way mm, yeah it almost feel guilty that it's you that's doing it yeah um yeah and after for me for, for ellie mm-hmm. the ending of her leaving the guitar behind mm-hmm. i think that's beautiful symbolism of li- literally her walking away from joel yeah and leaving it as it was yeah and the, yeah go on uh, i was gonna say that the fact that the ending is somewhat ambiguous is a is a great way of summing up the game as it presumes that you have the ability to shift your views, which is what the entire game is about. Because if an ending is ambiguous, it implies that there's multiple choices you can go down in your head, meaning there's multiple viewpoints you can have. So mm-hmm. I feel like having a very straightforward, clear ending that Ellie lost everything, is never going to get it back, or Ellie's going to get it back, or Abby definitely lived, or Lev definitely died. It's, it's great that the game has an ambiguous ending where and a game that's 30 hours of different viewpoints allows you to have an ending that sums up that experience with one very pop, like potent scene of a port, the port scene and then the ending guitar scene of it changes your viewpoints on, on everything that happened for the last 30 hours and it's up to you what you thought of it. And that's the entire point. This, the conversation we're having right now is the point of the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is an amazing thing to me. Yeah. yeah. I think from... As playing through the game, the bit that, you know, as I come to it now, the most emotional part for me is that final flashback. Yeah. On the porch where where Joel says that if, if he was given the chance, he'd do everything again. Mm. And um, Ellie saying that she, she, she doesn't know if she can forgive him, but she wants to try. Yeah. And just, it's just that, and then seeing Joel's reaction to that. Yeah. It's sort of it completes it in a way that you understand what's going through Joel's head at that point. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Joel's seeing Ellie screaming at Abby to stop. Yeah. So a sort of an indication that you know maybe she will forgive him. Mm-hmm. And that that sort of completeness, you know, I would describe yeah. this final flashback as filthy. <laughs> in a way, in it, it destroys. It's just so heartbreaking. Yeah, you know, he's gonna die, and they're not really gonna get to have that chance. Yeah, but it's and also, it was... it's also the point where you, you're linking that with what you see in Ellie's final confrontation with Abby, and mm-hmm. that she lets her go. Mm. And obviously, when, when the flash, the flash she sees as she's killing Abby is from that flashback. Yeah. And that there's the link there uh, that she's doing it. She's letting him. She's letting her live out of the memory for Joel and how she feels towards Joel. Mm-hmm. And that kind of completion, it's just beautiful for me. Yeah. It's full circle in that. 
the person that we know Ellie to be from the first game and even the first half of this game is still yeah, there. Yeah. Mm. And there is that glimmer of hope. Mm. And for me, that's why I'm not completely at ease with the general ending of the game. Mm-hmm. Ellie comes back and she has nothing and that she yeah, loses yeah. everything. I feel like there should be that glimmer of hope that mm. exists. I don't, know, I don't want to say as a reward, but almost as a reward for her choosing the right thing in the end. Yeah. Her choosing to do a U-turn, and I feel, I feel a bit sad, and I feel a bit like that's what's missing from the ending. Like, I'm not expecting Dina and JJ to still be there. Yeah. I'm fully expecting they've gone, but I was hoping maybe there'd be a note, or at least some symbol that there is still hope for Ellie, and that... There's yeah. a glimpse of hope for Ellie to pursue, and I feel like that's just what's messing me missing. Mm. There isn't that reward for learning the lesson in a way. Yeah, um, I mean for me, I think that ties in very, very well um, to all the kind of deaths we have seen over the course of this game that mm-hmm. have been just brutal, no matter whether we thought them as a villain or a hero. Where Abby, not Abby, um, Ellie, after having not killing someone doesn't mean um, that he's going to get something that he lost back. In yeah. the sense that someone's going to come back and be like, oh, you are okay. I guess I love you again. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I feel like it was, a, it was enough for me that her soul wasn't destroyed, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was enough that her, 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 her like, friendships and, like, relationships and her ability to have the hobby of playing guitar um, was taken away. But... Um, I feel like if she had killed Abby, her soul would have been yes, it would and empty. And I feel like even if it's still almost empty, there's just enough there for me to be happy that she didn't make that last choice, and that the ending is one of she can she can build from this, you know. Mm. Um, and this, yeah. the thing that my the final thing I'm left with mm. feeling towards the game, it's of in opposition to what you said before, in that I think, looking back, I think this game will only... How do I word this? Because the game's game success doesn't depend on this, but I think it's mm-hmm. true greatness depends on the fact that... I'm just rambling now. <laughs> For me, having reached the end of this game... This definitely feels like the middle chapter. Oh, okay. In that I feel like there has to be a third one. For me, Sad. as yeah. an ending to the the whole story, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's the best ending. I don't think... If you told me that was it, there'd not be anything else from this, this story, from the last of his story, I would be a little bit disappointed. Right. I feel okay. like... The, this this game becoming great and achieving that all time spot for me mm-hmm. depends on a sequel. Right. Okay. Depends on a part three. See, for me, I feel like Ellie's Ellie's story is not finished. There's right. more there that needs to be told. Hmm. I don't disagree with the fact that there could be a part three and it could work very well. I don't disagree with that at all, especially with Naughty Dog. I, I trust them to make a great third part. Um, 
But for me, if you told me this was the ending, I personally would like cry with joy because I, I would think it's the perfect ending for this, this story. Because um, I just, yeah, there's something about it where I feel like it sums up not just the first game, but the second game mm. so well. This ambiguous sort of does you have enough of a soul left to be to build upon, and I and I think it works beautifully with the title of the game, you know. And I feel mm-hmm. feel like it's a perfect sort of completion of the the arc of these characters and how their viewpoints have changed and the love from the first game that has been brought up to the second game and then questioned so much throughout the entire game. Um, and I feel like as well we need to point out that. There's so much. I mean, this is a 30-hour game, and there's so many points in the game that could have been a little bit different, or a little bit changed, and it could have changed the entire meaning. And I feel like people miss out on that when they mm-hmm. think about how people tell stories, whether it be movie, TV show, whatever. Because um, uh, originally, and I found it so interesting how this changes the story for me. Originally, they even filmed this. Um, um, they recorded this. Um, they had um, Ellie and Joel. At the the port scene, end with a with a hug, and like, uh, and then they would leave each other, and it would be like a confirmation that they they were going to rebuild their relationship. However, the one that we was was one that they didn't really hug, Um, and they just sort of had a moment of maybe. And for me, that changed. Yeah, and this that changes it for me because. If there was a hug, and I'm not even saying it's worse or better, I just think it's different because it's because it would have been. I had I saw a rebuilding, and Abby took it away from me. And it, if you if you take away the hug, it becomes Abby. I was going. It would it becomes I didn't change my opinion. I didn't try to understand him, and Abby took away the chance for me to try to understand him, and it becomes yeah. all about all about you being angry at yourself for your inability to just listen, you know? Yeah. I feel like it's a great skill in life and in general to listen. I feel like people rarely do it. Um, people, people, for the most part, I would say, in very general, in very general situations, are having conversations in order to win the conversation. And it's always a, like a pseudo-argument. It's never... Mm-hmm. It's never, I want to see your opinion. I want you to see mine. And I want to meet you in the middle or at least understand you. It's, it's very rarely that. And it's always some sort of win or lose situation. And I feel like the anger of this game, if you don't include the hug, which is what they did, is it comes from your inability to do that. Um, and it's like, Abby, you took away the ability for me to finally grow as a person. I therefore I'm going to regress. You know, I'm going to go yeah. backwards. I'm become yeah. a, the darkest yeah. version of myself. <laughs> yeah, I just think if they if they had hugged hugged it out, mm-hmm. um, I think it'd have been too on the nose. Yeah, I think that the whole I'd like to try and forgive you, mm-hmm. and then leave. Uh, I think that's perfect. Yeah, it it just it just sums up this game so well. And I think going back to my previous points, I think I don't think I made it clear enough at the start. That this isn't just like a five star game for me. It's like it's probably one of the best experiences I've ever had in any sort of art form or any medium that includes storytelling. You know, I this for me is one of those all time grits where I will forever take it with me wherever I go in some way. 
because it means that much to me. And I did. I loved the first game. Do not get me wrong. I loved the first game, but I did not have that level of experience with that that I had with this one, where I wanted to keep it with me. And I, after I finished the game, like I said, like we both did, we both sat through the credits and just thought about the entire experience. And I didn't stop being in that mindset for a good week or two. I wasn't out of that mindset. Um, and then obviously I came out of that mindset. It was still with me. I still every once in a while I thought about it and just got blown away by it. But coming back to this podcast, I, I kind of went back into the mindset of it all, of thinking about the entire game and how it was structured and everyone's opinion on it and how what it's about and how the gameplay was designed and all these things. And as soon as I got back into that mindset, it was live and trying, like rather than having to watch a scene from it, there's people talking about it. I was instantly back in that, that headspace of like just questioning everything, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It was, it's great. I, I fucking, I really do love this experience that I had with this game. Mm. And I feel, I feel like I need to also say that, because I feel, I might have said this before in a different episode, but I don't feel like everything is meant to be enjoyed. I think it's more or less meant to be experienced. Yeah. Um, I think movies can be at the best when they're not just made to be enjoyed by the general audience. I think it's best when you put someone in front of a screen or whatever, in front of a book, and say, for the next two hours, you may not enjoy this, but you're going to experience it. Yeah. Um, and that's this game to me. You it may is. not enjoy it, you may not agree but like you're going to go through this incredible experience that will hopefully change you if you if you let yourself listen to it in a way. Yeah, I do agree. I agree. I agree. I do agree with everything you you said there. Yeah. For me, it's, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go to the same extent, probably. But I do think this is it is a generation defining game, as in like a console generation defining game. Yeah. And its scale, its ambition, and everything—it's something that I will always admire. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's also something that, something that will be in the in the conversation for a while, you know. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. With this on mind, do you want to hear some some of the views that the intelligible people of the internet have shared with Metacritic? <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> okay then. So, where did where, where, where was the first one? Okay. That one, I'm saving that one for later. Mm-hmm. Um, saving those two for later. <laughs> um, uh, okay, let's go. So, so, this is Black Mickey 15 <laughs> has, has wrote While the gameplay is nice and the developer made fantastic job in graphical and audio departments, the story is a giant rock that drags this game on the bottom of the sea. (laughs) (laughs) The uninteresting and unappealing character of Dina. What in the world happened to Ellie, for God's sake? Oh, no, no, no. What in the world happened to Eli, for God's sake? Eli. (laughs) (laughs) And Abby. No words for it. Senator right. Abby Strong is just there, and while the memes are funny in the game, it's just a nightmare. Don't buy it. Don't waste your money. I wish I could return mine. Zero out of ten. Wow. Wow. Okay. That's not the only one of its kind. I originally was going to say that's kind of a fair review in the sense that he said, great job gameplay-wise, but I just didn't like the story. 
but he went so far, <laughs> zero out of five stars. Um, uh, I don't understand the Dina point, really. No, neither do I. I, I, like, underst- I love Dina. Yeah, I understand. I understand not loving or uh, Ellie or Abby because they change and make so many weird decisions out throughout the game. But Dina, who is constantly just like a, a ray of light in the game, I don't understand. Hmm. It's yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't. <laughs> I don't understand. Um, what What have we got here? Here we have. We have a. Uh, we have Sijun. Mm-hmm. Four out of ten. Oh, okay. So I got the game early and played it. I read or saw no spoilers for the release. I never do. Here's what I think. Pros: gameplay, graphics, atmosphere, sound, music. Mm-hmm. Those parts undeniably very good. It's top notch. Sure, the controls sometimes feel weird and weird, but they do me- do it. Wait, what? Sure, the controls sometimes feel weird, but they do in most of the games. Um, um, It's fair to say this game isn't up-to-date in terms of all those points I mentioned. Cons, story, character design, character development, and plot holes. This is a theme throughout these, by the way. They all mention plot holes, but they all fail to mention exactly what the plot holes are. Oh, I hate plot holes so much. (laughs) Oh, it's the poison of like criticism. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then it says, so even with all the pros, this game is really, really bad. It makes no sense that Ellie acts how she acts in certain parts of the game, but that isn't even the biggest thing why it's bad. The reason is character development. Right. If you kill one of the most beloved characters early in the game, Joel, in case you didn't know who, who which character it was. Mm-hmm. And want to bring in new main playable characters like Abby. You have, in capital letters, to bring way, also in capital letters, more backstory in order to make her make the player feel with her. I mean, she killed Joel. How do you make the player like her? Bring more back, more and more backstory before she does that. Let the player two play two to ten hours as Abby when she was a child. Backstory of her is basically told in ten minutes. And then her dad yeah. has been killed. What the fuck? That's it. I, and I that... now have to feel her and understand why she killed Joel. Hell no. That is weak storytelling. Really, really weak. That confused me so much by the end because we spent 10 hours as Abby. <laughs> and, then, and then after all of this, it says... At last but not least, this is technically a very good game, but the story slash characters is slash are so bad, it just doesn't matter how well the rest is done. You want a good revenge story? Watch Old Boy. Then you know how to make a good revenge story that shocks everyone to their core. Oh, okay. I mean, I mean, if you want Old Boy, but in a video game, just, like, don't play this. <laughs> um, exactly. God. Um, what That's so funny because Abby was like, I get, I get the beginning of why, why kill Joel and I never give backstory, but the fact that they did give backstory and then on top of that gave you ten hours of gameplay, <laughs> uh, it makes me wonder that did, did he play past two hours or like <laughs> most of so- these most of these reviews are listed for nineteenth of June, right? Which I'm pretty sure is the day after it came out. So they definitely didn't complete it, or no. it didn't process it. 
at least. Yeah. Octavio 89, this is the short one. The video game equivalent of The Last Jedi. No. Don't okay. buy this game if you care about the characters or anything the previous game set up. Mm. <laughs> oh, this, oh, God. Oh, the, 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 this is uh, right. This is, this is a one out of ten, this one. Guest Hyundai <laughs> says, They say violence makes violence, but there is no moral choice for the player. He can't really understand the idea. Note how they use the pronoun he. Mm. The game really isn't optimised. I thought my PS4 would explode like some of Musk's rockets. <laughs> game says to you, remember, silly kid, women are the strongest beings in the galaxy. The traditional oh. orientation is really a bad thing, and you, silly white man, must rate our game like 100 out of 100. Oh, my God. And like all intelligible critics, he, ends the, he or she ends the review with, bruh. 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 <laughs> uh, I I despise this new narrative that everyone has that women in story is bad. I it's never made sense to me because <laughs> it's not it's not even franchises anymore. It's just like it's like independent independent on or not sequels, not remakes, nothing. Just like a normal film. If the woman's a central character, all of a sudden it's meant to be like some sort of social justice movement, and I've got no. No idea where that came from. I, I find it ridiculous how people. And by the way, there are two more offensive critic uh, reviews I have here, mm. which will also add to our point about this. It's just ridiculous how even if there's a whiff, even a hint in the air yeah. that one of them isn't of traditional or, you know, of the gen of a orientation that aligns with what people expect mm -hmm. then it's bad yeah example yeah. lev is obviously in the game um the words left my mind <laughs> right sorry um i have to cut this out because this doesn't reflect very well on me <laughs> um oh my god i've forgotten the word <laughs> You're gonna see how people react to Lev, the character who was, who was um, a boy. He wanted to be a boy, but yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. And it's not, it's not, it's not dwelt on, is it? It's not like it's everyone says it in every sentence. No, it's one, one or two lines. Yeah. All of a sudden, social justice warriors. Also, the 30-hour game is defined by this one character who has two lines that describe her backstory. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. uh, this one, um, there's one here. I'm not going to read all of it. Basically, it tears into Neil Druckmann. Mm, right. It says, um, it says, so Druckmann can check his box for his feeble-minded agenda. Oh, God. Right. Do you want to hear the, the offensive ones? Mm, I mean, we may uh, have, I guess. <laughs> it reflects it reflects how people have responded to this game. Yeah, viewer listening is advised. I suppose I think it probably should be for mm -hmm. this. Yeah. So, golf fan sixty nine, <laughs> right. clearly uh, an intelligible member of the critic community, mm -hmm. giving it a zero out of ten. Has says has said 
Caitlyn Jenner is crying. It should be illegal to con gamers with false reviews. What? What the hell? What does that even mean? I don't know. Does it mean the false reviews are the ones that are positive? And because why is Caitlyn Jenner crying? <laughs> I don't know. But what what is what is perhaps um, the weirdest one or one of the weirdest ones is. Mm-hmm. Eric FJ4A, mm-hmm. zero out of ten, whose review simply states 50 minute unskippable. Uh, no, I'll start that again. 50 minute unskippable gay sex scene. Absolutely have to shoehorn trans and gays in here. What the? F- what? What? Yeah, when did that happen? <laughs> that's it. That's the, uh, that's-, that's the review. Zero out of ten. Imagine playing a game for 30 hours and ending it and going, well, that was a weird scene at the game. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's so weird. That is, oh, you know when you think people aren't like this in the world because it can't be, it's ridiculous, mm-hmm. and they are. Oh, that's one of those moments. <laughs> oh, God. One, 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 uh, moving away from the toxic, or well, well, no, we're still toxic at this point in this, but moving away from the more offensive reviews, mm-hmm. this one amused me. Right. This one, this is um, Kibble X mm-hmm. has written one out of ten. This is uh, one out of ten. This is for Joel. One point for beautiful image and game details, but the story literally ruined the game, which doesn't sound particularly remarkable. Yeah. But in the review, they've said one one out of ten is for Joel, one point for beautiful image, yet they've given the game four out of ten. Oh? Oh? This person so... can't add. <laughs> that is... Um, I feel like these reviews um, are made like after... Like, you just played the game... You played maybe the first two hours, or maybe you've completed the game, and you've instantly went on your phone and wrote a review and posted it. You know, like it feels like it was just like in the moment I'm angry at something. I'm going to I'm going to write this down. <laughs> you know, it's unbelievable that people exist like that. It really is. Yeah, um, I I will always hate people that review bum or something. Mm. Um. And just the way that they've done it, with the comments they've made about it being transphobic, yeah, um, homophobic, just generally dis- disgusting in the way that they've responded. Yeah. Um, so out of the people that you know actually get paid to do this stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. um, of the critical reviews, there are 118 critical reviews. None of them are negative. None of them. Zero a negative. Wow. Four and below. Wow. Only eight are mixed ratings, which would be, I think on Metacritic is five to seven. Yeah. Yeah. 110 positive ratings. Jesus Christ. Eight and above. I'm happy to know I agree with the critics, at least. (laughs) Critics are giving it the overall critical score is ninety four out of a hundred. Wow. IGN, comic book, and CD action all gave it one hundred. Damn. Meanwhile, you I mean... <laughs> score five point six. Ah, uh, <laughs> that's a. Um... If you'd like consolation, 
well, not consolation, 46%, which mm. is 61,000 reviews, are negative. Yeah. 7,000 equating to 5% are mixed. Yeah. And exactly 50%, which is 71,000 positive ratings. Wow. So more people have put positive ratings than negative. Mm-hmm. I would say of the 61,000 negative ratings, I would wager that at least 40,000 are review bombs. I would agree, yeah. I mean, I mean, why, why would you... It's like, okay, you don't enjoy it. Maybe go talk, like, talk about the people that made it and ask them why they made it this way in a, in a polite sort of way. Don't, like, before the game even came out, by the way, just review bomb it with bad reviews and talk make really for the most part really terrible memes that i've seen about how bad the game is um about it before it even releases and then uh it's annoying the idea that people are so unwilling to have a different experience that they will literally go so far against it it's mm-hmm. it's so weird to me it's so it's, weird it's ridiculous quite frankly and it's really sad mm, all these yeah. people put all this hard work in just because and then just to have it insulted by these idiots <laughs> yeah by these idiots um i mean if, I'd, be, I'd be fine if they had i mean not some of the offensive ones but people that just didn't like the story i'd be fine with them not liking the story to that degree but like just don't be that much of a dick about it you know like then then say the problem is plot holes and then just not give a plot hole. Yeah, the amount of times I've seen someone say this movie has twenty plot holes, then they give me like one or two plot holes, and then that's it. And they go, "See, it's a bad movie. I will never understand." I, I know because it's always I, just like this is a plot hole that this car's in the background. <laughs> yeah, and you hate the film because of that. Yeah, it's it's weird to me because well, because I think it comes from. I, I would I would make a good guess that I think it comes from wanting to wanting to be smarter the thing you're watching, um, mm. which again I don't understand. I mean, sure there are some bad bad movies out there that are bad, and then have a, have potholes on top of that. But like for me, potholes are in the greatest movies. The greatest movies of all time have potholes somewhere. They have multiple potholes somewhere. Um, yeah, it's like it's like Shawshank, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, people say it's a plot hole that the poster is back on the wall. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, like the story. The whole point of storytelling is that it isn't. It isn't hundred percent tied to reality. It is allowed to break free from the formula of like how we live actual life. So when something un like possibly unrealistic unreal, happens you should be distracted by the point that the point is never being realistic. It's about heightening the emotions of whatever you're experiencing. So say if the experience is something like The Last of Us, where you're having a very down-to-earth, realistic experience of killing people, and each kill is like a visceral experience, and it's all realistic uh, attacks and a realistic, realistic characters and emotions, they're allowed to break free from actual reality because... Their reality is the visceral, the visceral version of telling a story. It isn't, yeah. it isn't realistic because oh, it's it's like the real world. It's realistic because they treat the 
they treat the story, which is naturally, as all stories are, unrealistic in some way, like it's real, you know? Um, so I think it's a very, it's a weird buzzword almost, having your film be realistic. Like how many, for the past 10 years now, since The Dark Knight, how many gritty reboots have we got of franchises that are meant to be realistic, that make no sense to So many. Too and it's many. just, it's just a, yeah, it's just a weird buzzword now that being realistic is better than not being not realistic because it distracts you. It shouldn't distract you going to something that's not meant to be real, like actually real and being surprised that something isn't 100% yeah. realistic. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. Well, what, a, what a beautiful way to end. Yeah, just talking about plot holes, I guess, now. <laughs> yeah. oh, anyway, we yeah. enjoyed the game. Yeah. Do you want to get like a, Yeah. Do you want to get like a consensus? Like a after all that. <laughs> well, like a, like a general statement. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. I'll. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to go first? Yeah. yeah. I would say it's a, a flawed masterpiece mm-hmm. that may, might not nail the exactly what it's going for, but mm-hmm. most of the time gets thematics spot on. Yeah. And sense tells a potent message of well yeah just just the themes of the game are just potent about revenge and memory and what people do for memory and how people try to move on yeah um and the gameplay is probably some of the best gameplay i've ever played mm-hmm. any game and after our discussion i am happy to say that i'd probably give this game four and a half stars oh okay oh. five we went, we went up. <laughs> went up. Um, yeah, that's great. <laughs> what about you? Um, uh, for me, this is just out and out right a masterpiece that I adore. Uh, I don't want to disservice the idea that games are um, lesser than like movies or TV shows because I do think, but I always say when I talk about this game um, is that it's one of my favourite things I've ever seen or played or whatever across all artful like mediums like whether it's a movie show I think it's going to be in my mind one of my favorite things ever created especially if we're talking like popular um popular franchise things that have been created um and I think it's a great example of telling not telling maybe it's experiencing an experience that you would never experience in, in real life but you do make choices like these in some way each and every day um and it holds a mirror to you as a person and you people as a as a, the whole world as it is now and as it has always been in some ways how parents usually pass on the sins to, to their sons and daughters because they're they want to impart their wisdom and their wisdom can sometimes be unhealthy because it's, it's tied to a very a very specific viewpoint um mm-hmm. And I feel like this game is a wonderful, wonderful um, experience in that sense that it's, it's a breaking away from that experience, that, that viewpoint. And I feel like if anyone's came away from this game and got the sense that it's a game, it's a game about violence that shakes its hand at you and says violence is bad, I feel like you're not really listening to the game. Oh, and, and like we were talking about before, the, the small little choice of not hugging someone and hugging someone at the end of the game is something that changes the entire meaning of the story or at the very least the ending and those little things are all across the game where if they were different this game would be different 
Um, and I feel like every moment is to be is to be sort of like relished in this game. Every single moment you play should be relished. You shouldn't sit down and say, I want to play this and see how it is. I want to have a fun time. It's an experience that you should put yourself into and take it with you wherever you go as a not, I don't want to say like a preachy lesson, but uh, an experience that is, it mirrors your real life in many ways that you may not know about or may yeah. not be aware of. Um, and I think in that sense, for me, it's, it's a great masterpiece. And that's not to say I didn't have small problems here and there. Of like, mm. I was to get, I guess, get into my dislikes. I did kind of think that the last, when we meet these, these like this new militia group at the very end, that sort of comes out of nowhere uh, before we go get to Abbey. I always felt that they were they were a bit like tacked on, and where every other character was flushed out, and every other character had a morally gray area area. Um, they were felt like last minute villains in a sense. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, so I guess like it must be doesn't it must be like just like now doesn't mean you love the entire thing with all your heart. It just means that you accept what it is, and it is something that has profoundly moved you in some way. Yeah. In some, and every every art form or whatever whatever it is is trying to do that, and this for me achieved that in all aspects it could have. So I adore this game, yeah. <clears throat> there we go. There we go. <laughs> I think we've I think we've done well there. We've covered that. Yeah. But it's good to get that out in the open. Almost two hours. <laughs> I know. One of the longest ones. Yeah. Oh, that was great. Yeah. I can stretch. I know. <laughs> I think we can do this. <laughs> Shall I bring us home? Yeah. Go on. Oh, if you've made it this far. <laughs> Well done. Mm-hmm. And thank you. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Um, if you want more from us, you can follow us on Instagram. At the moment, we're doing we're still doing reviews of the MCU. Mm-hmm. We're just past the halfway mark. Yeah. The next one is Homecoming, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we're at, uh, at Marvel Cinema Podcast on Instagram. That stuff will yeah. also be on Twitter, at Cinema Marvelous. Mm-hmm. We hope you've enjoyed. I have been your co-host, Matthew. And I've been your other co-host, Henry. <laughs> we have been the Marvellous Cinema Podcast, a home for positive fan culture. Woo. And we hope to see you again soon. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Have fun. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>